0: Hello and welcome to the CRE with Cobal Banker Commercial Worldwide Podcast. My name is Christina Ballas and I'm the National Director of Strategic Implementation for CBC and I'll be your host. Today we are rejoined by Dan Spiegel, Managing Director of Cobalt Banker Commercial. If you are new to tuning in, Dan's commercial real estate credentials span over 30 years and are equal parts impressive and well-rounded. With a master's in urban planning as his base, Dan lives commercial real estate. He not only runs an iconic brand, in his spare time, he's a docent for the prestigious Chicago Architecture Center. He leads Cobalt Banker Commercial from a franchising perspective as well as the company-owned CBC Realty. He kicked off his tenure with overseeing a new mission, vision, and core value launch. And in 2021, he oversaw the incredible rebrand that the team coined as Operation Pathfinder, which will mean so much more to the network and the industry than just a simple logo update. It's all about a holistic refresh in the approach and the look and feel to the business. He's here today to kick off the year with Cobalt Banker Commercial's 2022 outlook on the business. Welcome, Dan, and thanks for joining us again.
1: Thanks, Christina. It's great to be here today.
0: Well, before we jump into 2022, I think it's important that our listeners know how the outlook was developed.
1: Yeah, so our economic outlook or really real estate forecast, real estate outlook is developed by a combination of looking at the available data that we have. Uh, from a variety of sources, you know, employment, construction, uh, absorption, all those kinds of things. And then we do a series of interviews with our professionals in markets, large and small around the country uh, to really get that, um, you know, on the ground look at what our clients are thinking, uh, what the uh, what developers are thinking, owners are thinking, just all the different perspectives, you know, tenants, leasing, uh, sales, purchases, all that kind of stuff. We, We go in and we ask people what's going on. And then we combine it, synthesize it, and group it into themes for the uh, Outlook.
0: How can people get the CBC 2022 Outlook?
1: Well, first of all, you can contact a cobalt banker commercial professional. But if you want self-service, go to the CBC Worldwide website. And there is a place for thought leadership. And on there, you'll find our 2022 Outlook. Feel free to download and review on your own.
0: So for those of you that want to navigate there, you would go to cbcworldwide.com intelligence. And it's the first thing that you can download is the 2022 CBC market outlook. I wanted to just do a quick look back on 2021 and ask you how did the outlook perform in comparison to what actually happened in real life? And what were some of the wins last year?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And of course, it's somewhat of a memory test for me. So I have to go back and look at our 2021 outlook. And you have to remember, we prepared the 2021 outlook, 2021 outlook at the end of 2020. 2020 was, you know, we were still in the midst of the pandemic. the vaccine, We wrote it that uh, when a vaccine is available, you know, all this stuff that was still unknown at that point. Um, and I have to say, despite the, um, despite the unknowns of the time, both about the economy and vaccines and the path of the pandemic, our forecast was pretty spot on. We talked about the growth um, in multifamily or the opportunities in multifamily, land, single tenant, net leased assets, uh, retail that's grocery anchored or drive through, and pretty much all those things uh, came to pass as as fairly strong segments in the market. Um, The office market was a question mark as we went into 2021, and it is still a question mark as we go into 2022, what really will happen both in downtown and suburban office markets.
0: Well, speaking of 2022, I am really excited to jump into what your outlook and your company's outlook is for the 2022 business.
1: Yeah, well, listen. The uh, so we can't, we started up talking about the 2021. Uh, as I said, it it turned to be that it was uh, it was our outlook was pretty spot on. It was a good year. It was a strong year for commercial real estate. Uh, commercial real estate, particularly for private investors. Uh, offers an alternative investment class to the stock market, which has been highly valued. I won't say overvalued, but very highly, you know, at the top of the market for a long time. Um, as concerns about inflation have grown, investing in real estate is perceived as an alternative and a protection against inflation. So that's been a driver. And there's been a lot of 1031 or exchange money, you know, people selling to take advantage of the marketplace or perhaps in anticipation of potential changes in tax rules. And so there's a lot of money just sitting on the sidelines or being actively invested in commercial real estate. So that's just something about the overall activity of the market.
0: Interesting. Are you seeing any shift in, in that regard? For example, is there still worry that the 1031 exchange tax rules might change or has that kind of been uh, squashed last year?
1: I will say I don't know if it's squash is the right word. It's it's certainly not on the docket right now, so uh, investors have uh, less to worry about in that regard. At the same time, as people have sold, uh, there is a just a plethora is that the right word of money looking to reinvest in assets, and uh, investors are seeking uh, cap rates in markets large and small across the country. Um, it's just there's there's not much to buy. There, there's really a sort of a dearth of supply of attractive. Uh, assets for that exchange money. Um, but we're there to guide them. And yeah, you, know, you mentioned earlier that our we uh, our, our logo change and our brand change is Operation Pathfinder. That's because we really see ourselves as pathfinders, guiding clients to find the right opportunities for the best outcomes for their needs. So uh, that's more than ever true for the investors in the 2022 market.
0: That's such a great point. I think a lot of times, some of our professionals are very much viewed as advisors. And I think that just echoes that sentiment. One thing that you highlighted in the outlook that I wanted to just touch on, uh, and you mentioned it, is just that the fundamentals are strong. And that was kind of a big part of the outlook. So I wanted to just dig into what you meant there.
1: In terms of the market, metro marketplaces, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, uh, I would say some divergence. I won't say a lot of divergence between large and small markets because there really are opportunities everywhere. But the secondary and tertiary markets where Coldwell Bank Banker Commercial has a very significant presence are markets that are performing very well for kind of a wide variety of reasons. Uh, one of which has been sort of the, the shift. Uh, of workforce. Uh, I won't say there's a there's a mass out-migration, I don't want to be over dramatic from the large metros to smaller, but the small metros have done very well. Particularly in the Southeast, there have been people that have relocated, albeit temporary or permanent, and that drives uh, demand for commercial real estate, be it retail, be it multifamily and so forth. Um, so there's been a fair amount of trend, population trend that's driven uh, commercial real estate results in uh, 2021. And, and certainly we look for that to continue in 2022. Uh, and the other thing I'll say is with respect to demand, uh, particularly focused on the industrial retail slash industrial sector is the, sol- the solidity, is that the right word, <laughs> of, of the uh, e-commerce market? Um, it's just solid, you know, it is trend. It's not a trend. It is here to stay. We all expect it has driven demand for industrial space through the roof. Uh, And the industrial distribution used to be centered in those large warehouse distribution markets Chicago, New Jersey, Atlanta, Dallas, and so forth. But now distribution space is getting more and more, uh, I won't say decentralized, but the need for it is increasing in secondary and tertiary markets. So markets big and small are seeing demand for warehousing and distribution space to meet that uh, delivery demand of the consumer.
0: That's interesting. I actually read somewhere that you know retail has seen its best year past holiday season than it had in quite a while. Do you think that some of the retail growth will also be in those secondary tertiary markets with local stores as opposed to big box that drives it, or is it more the industrial space that you see?
1: Uh, I think it's going to be. You know, I don't think it's a, an issue solely of big box versus local. I mean, certainly large retailers have had to adjust their model. Uh, to more online and delivery from in in person shopping experiences, uh, and smaller businesses, frankly, have kind of gone the other way to some extent, where they might have been. You know, there are businesses that started as virtual and have become now um, you know in person experiences. So they kind of go both directions. I think as a retailer, you have to look for that omni channel presence and and paths to deliver through multiple venues. Uh, but the demand for you know industrial retail has just merged, right? It, it's hard to say which where one begins and the other uh, ends uh, because retail and industrial, it's, it's you know, you order online, that's an industrial, it's a retail pr- uh, process, but it's an industrial execution. Uh, and that drives demand for industrial real estate, for sure.
0: That is such a great point. You know, having the two worlds merge, as far as the way we operate in our day-to-day lives, it feels like it's oh, it's been like that for quite a while, but seeing it trend in commercial real estate industry is actually really interesting. Do you think that that was sped up because of the pandemic? Or do you think that was mostly natural progression?
1: You know, that's a point we touched on in last year's forecast, that trends that were already in place simply accelerated because of the because of the pandemic. Now they're just an entrenched part of the economy. Right. There there there's not I don't know if that's still a trend or not. Uh, I don't think there's a business out there that doesn't expect to fulfill via online delivery unless you're an in-person delivery service. Um, so it's just a part of who we are and, and what how the economy works today. Um, And again, that drives demand for real estate, be it industrial or a different kind of retail. You know, the large regional malls have struck as um, have been challenged because that in-person shopping experience either hasn't been available because of the pandemic or people's preferences has changed. At the same time, you know, uh, retail grocery anchored retail centers, uh, restaurants in many markets are coming back and there's other experiences that you just can't get. Uh, via distribution, via warehouse and deliver at your door uh, that you have. So it's all a matter of shifting and market shift, uh, we're there to help guide clients to, uh, to make sure their, their real estate uh, serves their needs.
0: Well, speaking of shifting, I think this is one of the interesting points that I read. And I felt like this was a great quote. Build to rent is the new multifamily. And I'd love for you to talk about that.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a trend that we didn't talk about yet in 2021. It was probably theirs on the horizon. It was starting, but it seems to be a full-fledged trend today. So the, what is meant by the um, build to rent is uh, investors who invest in, in single-family home communities of you know varying size and scale um, that are built simply to rent, just like a multifamily unit is built to rent. Um, they have attracted a lot of institutional capital. Uh, there is uh, you know there's a lack of inventory on the residential side and it provides an alternative for that. It also provides uh, an alternative uh, in markets where prices are out of reach for many individuals, but they still want to live in, Uh, a a single family home. And the asset is a little bit more liquid than a multifamily, right? Because you could sell off a home one at a time, you could sell off five at a time. Uh, Whereas a multifamily asset, you have to sell the asset in its entirety. So it's a super interesting development. And we see land sales uh, accelerating in part uh, because of industrial we spoke about earlier, but also single family build-to-rent developments. And the investors just pouring into this segment um, because multifamily, it's an alternative to multifamily, multifamily returns, cap rates are fairly low, and it's it's kind of a new attractive uh, investment class that we really didn't anticipate, uh, but we saw really mature this year and will continue to mature into 2022.
0: Interesting. I don't know if you'll know the answer to this, but is it more attractive for people, using to rent single-family homes because they're not sure if that's the community that they want to stay in forever? Is it the concept of millennials that we hear about, of how you know they, they don't necessarily stay put, or is it just because it's easier? What is
1: the thought there? Well, as I said, there's kind of two sides. There is the demand side, which you mentioned, you know, for and it could be yeah. price of housing. It could be testing a market because of the pandemic, you've moved somewhere and you don't necessarily uh, want to, to buy, but you want a single family home. It could be affordability, um, flexibility. There's probably a wide variety on the demand side. One thing I think that's kind of interesting about the Build Around, as I said, well, institutional capital is pouring into it today, uh, in its essence, it was something that private investors, you know, really had the domain and mastery of for many years, right? An individual would buy a house, they'd rehab it, and they'd turn around and rent it. It was a very one-off transactional experience and, and very uh, much of a success for many private investors. Today, that's really turned into a full-fledged institutional business. So interesting, both from the demand and the supply side.
0: You touched on cap rates, and I just wanted to, you know, give you the space to ex- expand on that
1: for our listeners. Well, cap rates are a a moment in time about the return on particular types of investments. And what we've seen is across the board, uh, with the demand, cap rates have have compressed, have gone down. Uh, They're really in the low single digits in most of the large uh, coastal metro markets. uh, And that's allowed investors or encouraged investors to look elsewhere. So they've looked elsewhere, both in type of investment as well as the marketplace. So an investor, for example, in California that might have uh, always invested in that market because that's what they know, uh, if cap rates are just too low, they might stretch and invest in uh, Nevada or Montana or Idaho, any of the states that they may know, or they may really be attracted to a small market in Colorado um, so because cap rates have been compressed and it's pretty much across all property types, multifamily retail, industrial, uh, it's encouraged investors a to look at different marketplaces and B to look at different product types in search of returns.
0: I imagine you're seeing a lot of either referrals or co-broking in your network being that you know people are crossing over different markets. are you have you seen a big increase in that?
1: And we've seen a good act, amount of activity um, from market to market, as you said, and, I, and, and that could be within a, a large state, but, but primarily across states uh, with investors, as I said, looking outside. It's hard for the private investor in particular to really uh, go into another market without an advisor. Um, they don't have access to the same kind of uh, multi-market research that a, a large institution would have. So they they rely on professionals like cobalt banker commercial professionals to help them understand the market and figure out if there is the product and type of product that satisfies their investment criteria.
0: Interesting. One thing that you touched on earlier was just talking about potentially people shifting for work. And so I want to make sure we talk about office. I know you hit the difference between big office occupiers and small office space. And so I wanted to give you time to, to really kind of dig into both of those.
1: Yeah, going into 2022, very similar to going into 2021, office space and users of office space are still, I won't say sitting on the sidelines, but they're sitting, scratching their heads, figuring out what they're going to do. Certainly, there are companies that have signed, renewed large leases in metro areas. We've seen those in the commercial real estate press. Uh, But at the same time, many many users or occupiers of commercial real estate uh, are sitting on the sidelines waiting for that Hmm, when will people come back to work will they come back to work will it be three days will it be five days there's just a lot of them so will it be a more decentralized model that i embrace Uh, as leases come up and and lease terms generally are five to ten years so it does take some time for this to cycle through the system Uh, companies will have to make decisions or they'll renew short term because they're unsure but until we know what um, the employee experience is dem- demands from their employer because they're you know the employees are in large large part in control right because uh, labor forces market is tight so employers want to have the workplace that satisfies them. We won't know what the demand for commercial real estate office space will be. Will it be space that accommodates hybrid? Will it be as I said more dispersed will it be work from home and downsizing of the corporate owned space or lease space? Uh, those are all still TBD. What we did find is that small office spaces seem to be leasing quite well. Perhaps there's just less risk involved, um, particularly in the secondary and tertiary markets. Perhaps you're not, you know, gives concerned going up the uh, forty floors in a building. You're only going up five floors. There could be a variety of reasons. We didn't really delve into that, but. Um, Leasing in smaller spaces has continued to be healthy, and we expect it to be healthy into 2022. And then the larger spaces and large downtown and metro markets will be TBD until the um, pandemic at least feels under control for employers and employees. And there's some, I'll call it consensus, about what uh, working in the office experience is going to be like.
0: That makes sense. One part that you discussed in the small office space that I think really segments nicely into another point I wanted to, to hit on is the idea of life sciences and medical really taking up some of the small office space and then that segueing into MedTail and how that's going to remain a
1: staple. Right. There's two different areas that you just mentioned. So one is the demand for medical life science space. I mean, I think one thing the pandemic has Uh, engendered is the growth of certain life science uh, industries, uh, both pandemic-related, perhaps not. Actually, just this morning, I got a call from a professional uh, talking about a client who last year put their decision-making on hold, their life science user, and this year they wanna go ahead and purchase a property. So uh, that's a growth area. That's one of those areas that it's it's kind of office space. It could be uh, flex space. You know, life science companies can go into a variety of different uh, types of, of property, but it's a growth area in terms of a, t- a tenant base. Uh, the other that you mentioned is the sort of medical office space or what we like to call med tail. So it's similar to retail and industrial merging, medical office and retail is also merging. As hospital systems and doctors want to remain accessible, close to the customer, obviously not crowded at this time, uh, medical office use has gone into a wide variety of what formerly would have been retail type spaces um, to reach the uh, call a consumer, the client, the patient, uh, in an easier fashion. So that's driving some demand, you know, could be just a a clinic for a doctor's office, it could be a dialysis center, it could be a cancer treatment center, there's probably a wide, you know, physical therapy, but medical office has been uh, one of the strong points uh, for growth amongst the retail uh, sectors, retail property types, and we expect that to continue in 2022.
0: That's really interesting. You know, when you said MedTail, it made me think of even a drive through experience. You know, I'd never really thought about needing or wanting a drive through for a medical situation. But obviously, with COVID testing, depending on where you are in the country, that is a desire for some. And that's just like an interesting, you
1: know, use of space. That's a super interesting point you just pointed out. Chris. I hadn't thought about that. But you know, drive through medical, I guess we're now used to it with COVID testing. But could it be for other medical services? I don't know. Maybe right it's uh it's a possibility so you know markets are changing evolving businesses are evolving and real estate um you know will have to be adjusted to meet the demands
0: I'll tell you, I read recently that there's a shortage of blood in the blood banks. Like, and I thought to myself, well, if there was a drive through place, I could donate blood. That would be great. <laughs> so in case anybody is trying to come up with a creative concept. But yeah, it's interesting thinking about the different types of space and how it merges. One thing that I didn't get to touch on, the idea of self-storage and how that's remaining strong. Yeah, there's a variety
1: of verticals in the commercial real estate space that have been attractive. We just picked self-storage as one segment to, to highlight uh, is a segment. That's just been very in demand. Uh, There's a couple things going on there. One is it's a it's an alternative investment class. As I was mentioning earlier, investors have continued to look for different types of investments in search of return. Uh, As people move around, it makes sense that self-storage stays in demand uh, as a business, a viable business model. Um, and, uh, there's been some consolidation of operators in the business. So there's been operators, it was, it was in part a, um, very local independent kind of operating business for many years, and it's been consolidating in recent years. And that's driving, um, the demand to acquire new, uh, self storage facilities, especially the new modern ones around the country. So it's just one example of a vertical, vertical segment that's been in demand. Uh, and we expect to continue to see in demand in 2022.
0: So, in self-storage and in single-family homes built to rent, it sounds like there's a lot of institutional money, and it sounds like that seems to be a trend that's crossing different verticals in the commercial real estate space.
1: Well, there's there's uh, you know several classes of investors. There's the private investors, sort of the mid-cap investor, and then institutional money. Uh, there, what they look for varies, but it's interesting that they do. You know, institutional money is significant, and if uh, a trend like single-family uh, build a rent pops up or demand for multi, or excuse me, for self-storage, uh, it does drive a, a you know, drive the marketplace, so to speak, because there's a lot of money behind there chasing, chasing the product that there is.
0: Well, 2022 seems like it is going to be a really interesting year to follow in the commercial real estate space, as well as some others. You know, just wanted to give you space to wrap up what you think are the biggest areas you want to watch or what people should keep an eye out for besides some of the details we just talked about.
1: Well, I think we've dived uh, pretty deeply into some of those areas. Uh, build a rent being one is something we'll watch and see if that continues. But there's something else I want to mention is land sales. Land sales are doing very well across the country, primarily because you need land to build single-family communities, you need land to build industrial communities, and that land uh, has been in large tracts you know, on the edge of metropolitan areas and in-city, in-urban right, because you need uh, more density and more distribution, for example, in cities, uh, perhaps more retail in some marketplaces. So land is something we didn't touch on, but I think that's underlying development is is the demand for land. Uh, Other themes for 2022 uh, is certainly, we expect a pretty robust and strong market. Uh, Investors will continue to search returns, they'll continue to look to different types of properties and geographies to achieve their goals. Uh, I think the multi the office market uh, will be. Let's hope it'll be resolved this year as to what's going to be the future of the office market. I think a little bit uh, all of a sudden certainty hasn't been good for owners of office properties in the short run. Long run, it'll all pan out. There are redevelopment opportunities in office potentially to multifamily, uh, satisfying demand for housing. If that's uh, if it turns out there isn't the demand for for office space. But we expect the 2022 year to be you know, a year of continued strength in the commercial real estate market, uh fueled by you know cash that's sitting on the sidelines ready to invest uh in the market. So I think that's just uh, the overall theme. Uh interest rates, if they do tick up, um, will put some damper on the lower end of the market, the individual investors that require that rely on borrowed money, but by and large, it it will is not anticipated that interest rate changes will significantly impact the CRE market um so that's something and then inflation i mentioned earlier that actually is a good a good thing so to speak for commercial real estate because people do perceive commercial real estate assets as being a hedge against inflation uh in terms of investment
0: That's a great point. I think one thing that resonated with me throughout this whole conversation too, is that there's so many different points to really consider in investing in commercial real estate. And with all the nuance, I think it's really important that people do look to that trusted advisor. So I think that'll be really important for the year as well.
1: Absolutely. It's uh, it's part of commercial real estate and, and maybe all investing. But you need that advisor, right? You can. not The trends I'm talking about are true nationally. Uh, a particular market or even a sub market may be very different. And you need that advisor to help interpret the uh, facts on the ground, so to speak, to make sure you make a good decision for your uh, for your business or for your investment requirement.
0: Absolutely. Anything else you wanted to share with us before we wrap up and tell people how to connect with you?
1: No, this has been great fun. I think, you know, hopefully uh, our outlook will prove to be true. And certainly we did well in 2021. Uh, there are obviously externalities that we can't control, but we expect 2022 to be a, a robust marketplace uh, with continued investor demand uh, and across the country. And we look forward to working with our, our clients to to help them make good, strong real estate decisions in this year.
0: All right. Well, tell everybody how they can connect with you.
1: Uh, the best way to connect with me, obviously, you can use LinkedIn if you want to do something social. Otherwise, you can email me at dspiegel, S-P-I-E-G-E-L, at cbcworldwide.com. I'm happy to, to help you uh, connect with one of our professionals or give you my uh, two cents as well. But I look forward to connecting with many of our, our people, both in our network and most importantly, our clients who have their faith and trust in Co- Global Co- Co- Bank Commercial.
0: Thanks again for joining. What a great conversation. For those of you that liked what you hear, don't forget to like or subscribe to CRE with Powell Banker Commercial Worldwide Podcast. Thanks so much.